Hi, listeners. Welcome to our bonus episode. Um, we are going to be tackling some interesting and heavy topics today. Yes, and today we are joined by dietitian Anna or Anna Sweeney. She's been on a few episodes before. She was on a recent episode with Sonia Renee Taylor. And yeah, we, we felt that it was important for our listeners to hear. A, a white woman's perspective on what's going on. We're living in some really tough times, as we stated before. And um, I, I don't know what the word is. It's well, beyond tough. It, you know what I it mean? It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And two, I want to emphasize that we're not doing these bonus episodes, talking to allies to further privilege the voices of white women. Mm-hmm. That's not the purpose of this. Um, because white women have had the stage uh, forever. But a lot of times it is a really sad reality that white people in particular will um, listen to their people versus, you know, versus us, versus other black people. Um, And so we really appreciate you know, last week we talked with Maggie Young, and then of course this week with Anna. We appreciate our allies really kind of taking the mic and talking to their people, so we don't have to be burdened with doing that. And understanding, I, I think that is is pretty powerful. It's it's a genuine understanding of why we are tired and why it's so important for them to use their voice and to speak about these things. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I also want to um, say that in this episode with Anna, we didn't go into, you know, all the specifics of her MS story and all of that, because this is such, she's been on the, the uh, show several times. So if you're interested in her story, you can you know, go back and listen to her episodes. But because what we're talking about today is so very important, um, we didn't want that to get convoluted with other stuff. But Anna can be found on Instagram and Twitter, and she's at Dietitian Anna. And her information will be in the show notes. But I just wanted to say that because that's not something that we discussed where, you know, where you could find her. So, right. yep. Welcome to season three of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We're just two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. And please subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash myelinmelaninpodcast. And if you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us through our Patreon. Patrons gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, myelin and melanin merchandise, and more. We'd like to shout out our music producer, Shah Severe, for our podcast music over the past three seasons.
We would like to welcome Anna Sweeney at Dietitian Anna on Instagram and social media to the show again. She's been on the show a couple of times before. And um, what we want to talk about today is really the heaviness of what is going on in our country and what white people need to do to start addressing some of these issues. And we wanted to talk to Anna because she has really taken a powerful stand and um, she's letting her voice be heard and letting people know, white people know, what they need to be doing. So thank you so much for talking with us, Anna. It's uh, totally my honor and pleasure to be with you. We appreciate it. So the other day you had posted something on your Instagram It says, I had a conversation with an influencer who told me that the people who follow me are people who look like me. I never thought about that of that before. And if that's true, then it is my duty to use the privilege of having a following to talk about the lessons I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And wow, that really spoke to us. And we really felt that. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about what prompted that um, post? Sure. So, so two things. Um, the first time I, I had this conversation with this influencer who has hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, and when she made that statement to me, um, she was actually in the process of asking me to come to some seminar or something like mm. that. Um, and the question I had asked her was about the diversity of the people who are going to be speaking on the panel. Mm-hmm. The, that it didn't happen the way that it was, or the way it might've unfolded, um, mm-hmm. that the event didn't occur. That being said, um, I, obviously I know cause I, I can see pictures of most of the people who follow me. And because I am a white person, um, I'm followed by largely white people, but I really mm-hmm. truly hadn't thought about um, the fact that people people do follow people who they connect to in one way or another, um, mm-hmm. and actively seeking out something else is like an active. It requires some degree of active effort. So if I have been following largely like white people, um, then I'm going to have my feed perpetuated with content created by white people. Um, And so last week, it it just so happens that the Amplifying Melanated Voices campaign happened at the same time, like in, in the wake of George Floyd's death and during the blackout Tuesday music, um, experience, like there's so much, so much happened Mm -hmm. last week. Um, and we are living through, I think like the civil rights moment of our time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not actually answering your question. Uh, no, you you are, you are the reason, the reason that it matters so much to me, um, is that it actually feels like my responsibility. I am very happy to lose followers if they don't agree with my politics, if they don't agree with my belief um, that 
black lives matter like i that that i don't mm-hmm. i don't care about i'm very happy to lose people mm-hmm. um as a result of that but i also recognize and acknowledge there it's not it's not an insignificant deal to have 70,000 people looking mm-hmm. and looking at and reading my stuff right. um and I haven't paid a dime for social media. I don't do, like, I've never done anything like that. Like, these are mostly real people, many of right. whom are really interactive with me. And so right. if I am to use my platform, um, I, I hope to be able to use it in a way that is reflective of um, my, you know, my personal beliefs and things that feel really important to me. And I hope that I am able to help kind of put people in a position to um, reconsider some of their, their opinions or, you know, adopt my feelings, whatever. Right. Right. I have a quick question for you. Dana and I were, were talking uh, yesterday with another um, follower and friend of ours. And we were basically all saying, you know, things just feel different. Things, things feel different this time. And I think Dana may have just mentioned that. Do you feel that things are different, you know, like with your followers or just the community that basically you've been interacting with, basically, you know, white people, do you feel that there's a change? Do you notice anything? Um, is there so, any push when you do discuss these issues? I so I'm not get I am not receiving any pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke with quite a few of my colleagues who mentioned so last week in in the context of amplifying melanated voices. I didn't post. I just mm-hmm. shared content of black and brown folks that are creating, that are doing beautiful work that I hadn't been seeing because I hadn't actively muted. And I muted a lot of my, uh, many of my white, um, the the white people that I follow. Mm -hmm. And so I've really changed the nature of my feed. Um, And so to answer your question, I don't think I, and I I think most importantly, like this is not my area of expertise. I am not an expert in anything here. Mm -hmm. I am just, I am speaking to you as another woman who has MS and happens to live with white privilege. Um, I, I will say, um, and I've noticed this now here, it's Wednesday, um, last week, my feed was full up um, of, of black content. Um, and today is less than yesterday, is less than Monday. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I'm not saying that that isn't kind of a natural pattern. And I am contending with this myself. Like how, how do I... Um, acknowledge that the people who have self-selected to follow me are following me because I am providing a service that is valuable to them. Um, And how do I do it in a way that is more inclusive, especially with the understanding that I, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate that I'm going to collect black followers 
if I change some of my verbiage. Right. But I think it's important that I change some of my verbiage. So, uh, and it's not, it's beyond, it's beyond what I'm putting on social media. Uh, right? right. Like this is, this is about, um, a, a much larger movement. And as, as I've mentioned to you off um, podcast in mm. the past, I've spent the last couple of years, several years actually, like really delving into anti-racism work. And what I will tell you is last week, um, in so many ways, I am grateful for having been muted because I was not prepared at all to contend with the um, very strong emotion that came with last week. And mm-hmm. the only thing I kept thinking to myself was, this is my privilege, right? That I haven't been experiencing this every single day since the time I got onto this planet is based entirely on my white privilege. Like last week shouldn't have been so alarming or so, so different, um, except it was. Right. Yes. This is a side note. So Anna, on Twitter, you had um, tweeted that you were going to be muting yourself because, Mm -hmm. you know, of what you just explained. Fantastic. And, you know, we follow you on Twitter as well. And there was somebody who had came onto your feed and replied to your tweet and, and commented on your grammar. Like, I don't know, whatever, the way that you had formulated the sentence. Okay, okay whatever. Um, first of all, which is like peak white, peak whiteness, one, white nonsense, people really trying to deflect from the issue. So it really irritated me because clearly we know what you're saying it's not about semantics, you know, whatever, we know what you're saying. And so I had replied to that person, which I should have, because I was already and am have, and have been in a constant state of rage. But I said, you know, we get what she means, you know, whatever. And this person, and I think I had said, I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, as a black woman, and as black women, we thank you, Anna, for doing this, whatever. Obviously, we know you're not looking for cookies, but we see you. We we appreciate you being a safe space. But anyway, so this person like is really like going back and forth and arguing with me, and then finally mm-hmm. blocks me. That is the white nonsense that mm-hmm. people need to stop. Anyway, I totally unrelated. Total side note. But those are the little microaggressions yeah. that people don't realize accumulate like you Anna as a way like it's whatever like you know a stupid troll really that comment was it was unnecessary but it's like white people don't realize I think by and large how these things add up for black folks um anyway side note whatever but uh yeah I can't imagine and to be honest to be honest with you so I use twitter not as a function of being engaged on Twitter. I use Twitter to create graphics for Instagram. Yes. And so I created several graphics about um, muting myself. And then mm-hmm. I actively then kind of on reflection and talking to some white friends 
thought to myself, like, why the heck am I putting out a post saying I'm muting myself <laughs> for the sake of muting myself? Like, right, I should just right. shut the fuck up and listen. So I didn't actually use those posts. Right, yeah. Um, they and I and I actually don't know what you're speaking of in terms of this. I'm sorry that you got into a caddy. Oh, no, I mean it's on whatever. Twitter, but I again, all of this is a learning process. And you you all saw like there were a lot of folks who posted things oh, saying yeah. like muted. Yes, whatever. And I I made the decision to not do that. Um, mm-hmm. But then I also made the decision to post like a black square on my page. And I listened to Rachel Cargill talk about the fact that it was fine as a white person, like do that. And then I got all of these comments. I changed my, um, I changed the verbiage underneath that black square Mm -hmm. five times before I actually deleted it from my feed. Mm -hmm. Not because I cared about messing with my Instagram aesthetic, but because I, like I thought I was doing something that was really helpful, but then I used the black lives matter hashtag. And I I, like, I didn't, I really didn't think about the ways that social media is about transmitting information. Right. Um, Right. And so I am, I am here to just, I, I am learning and I am staying in the uncomfortable learning space. Um, and I, I have to tell you, like, there are so many, um, I, ha- I have lots of feelings about, I don't, I don't care about someone correcting my grammar. Um, right. I do care about someone responding to you in defense of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that feels like that, that makes me feel um, frustrated in a very different way. And, and I wasn't telling you that to make you feel bad. I was just saying it as a point, like, this is what white people do. Like, your grammar did not make a damn difference. We got what your point was. I mean, you know, everyone who was reading get the point. It's not about grammatic. But that's what white people do to try to deflect the issue. Now we're talking about something completely different that has nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah. So anyway. except, except maybe it has everything to do with everything because like you are contending as black women, mm-hmm. you're dealing with white fragility and people, I mean, somebody commenting, mm-hmm. a, a white person commenting on my grammar, whatever. I don't, I don't have feelings about that. Right, right. As I said, I do. I have a lot of feelings about people coming back at you. Right. Like I have no space for, I yes. have no space for that. Right. Yeah. I think what also is disturbing is when you're ignored. You know, like I was telling Dana yesterday, I had made a comment on a page um, that someone had said, uh, this is Facebook, which I I totally despise Facebook and I avoid Mm -hmm. it like playing as much as I can. But um, they... The, the woman had said, uh, oh, all lives matter. And I kindly just said, you know, explained why I felt that that was wrong. Uh, I didn't use that mm-hmm. word, but um, I just kind of use the word wrong. I, I, I used something. I was kind of like nice, nasty, you know, like it was, it was nice, but you're it too nice, Don. But anyway, 
Dana always gets <laughs> on me because she says I'm too nice. But I, I basically, I said, you're, you using the All Lives Matter mantra is basically saying my life doesn't matter. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. covert racism. And it's this racist ideology that keeps us in this, you know, vicious cycle. And you don't understand. And I broke down like, okay, all lives matter. Yeah. Like if you have a broken bone, all your bones matter. But like, if you have a broken bone in your ankle, your wrist, you want to get that tended to and not all your other bones. You don't want all the other bones looked at and not the ones that need to be repaired. So yeah, all your bones matter. Absolutely. But this particular thing needs to be fixed and needs to be looked at. Like, how can you not understand that? And she just was going back and forth with me. And then, um, well, no, she wasn't going back and forth with me. She was going back and forth with the person on the page, whose page it was. Mm. Um, And then, like, totally ignoring what I was saying. And I'm like, this is so frustrating. Mm -hmm. And so... Again, speaking to the microaggression, that's part of it. Like, yep. you don't matter, little girl. You, you don't matter, little black girl. Like, what you have to say is irrelevant. And I find that in this MS community, prior to the incident or what is taking place right now, this monumental, you know, remarkable change or shift that we're, we're seeing, I feel as if Mylan and Melon or Dana and I were ignored um Mm -hmm. it was like oh we see you yeah okay little girl that's so nice it's great that you're doing this okay Mm -hmm. on to the next person you know like i'm sorry go ahead no no no. finish please on to the next uh white White person yeah Yeah. that's what i want to say so i i think um I don't know if you guys saw the meme of the beautiful little, uh, there was a, a black girl holding a sock, holding a poster that explained like black lives matter. And it kind of went through like, we believe that all lives matter, blah, 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 blah. Like very, mm-hmm. very simplified explanation. Right. And I actually, so I posted that to my stories and I had a number of white people write to me and say, I didn't understand this until really recently and I'm really grateful. Um, and it, I, again, I, like, I think that you are so, so, so patient to engage in conversation with somebody who is talking about the fact that all lives matter. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I have your patience. Um, and I think there's something that is really graceful about the way that you are willing to interact with folks, Don. If you are being gentle and generous with your time and trying to explain a thing, um, there's actually, um, I think about the way that, and pardon my dog barking in the background, okay. I think there's something about the way that white women um, like to interact in kind of like a more gentle fashion and from a very stereotypical perspective black women are louder black humans not even Mm -hmm. not women but like louder more aggressive whatever um which is not real but also if you've been had your throat stepped on for centuries how can you not be louder um 
but I, I apologize. I'm sad to hear that that person wasn't receptive and there are people who are not going to be receptive. They're just not going to be my people. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. You, of course, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, it, it is a practice to be honest with you. It's a practice. And I've over the, I would say past 20 years of this diagnosis, I have held on to an incredible anger and rage. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't say I don't know where it comes from because I do know it's, it's like being black in this community and not being heard being black in this community. And then initially being diagnosed and not having any sort of reflection or anyone like really reaching out and saying, Hey, you're going to deal with a lot. Let me help you. Um, or let me at least guide you. And it makes me cry. I'm not going to cry now, but it makes me cry sometimes because I would have been proactive in so many areas of my life and not made the mistakes that I've made because, you know, now here I am 20 years later, full on diagnosis. And my life has been decimated by this disease. And I, I look at like my white counterparts and I'm like, wow, they knew this. They knew like nobody reaches out to the black community to say, these are things that you should put in place. This is how you should protect yourself financially, or this is how you should protect yourself in terms of filing for disability. Yeah. The information's out there, but it's not really stressed and focused upon. Um, And as we know, all of the health disparities that take place, like I, I've ran into those issues as well, or run into Mm -hmm. those issues. Um, I've run into financial setbacks. Um, And we know that black people are, you know, not paid fairly. And we Mm -hmm. we don't have like trust funds, like a lot of white people have or something like that. And I'm not saying that we don't have an economic leg, which we do like to stand on, but it's different. Um, and it's frustrating. It really is. Especially talking to a lot of people with privilege and people Mm -hmm. who may may not realize that they're privileged just by virtue of them having white skin. Even if you are in a, quote, low socioeconomic, I hate Or if you're struggling, everyone struggles. However, struggling as a white person is, you know, as you know, Anna, we're speaking to the choir, but you know, it's a different thing. Right. It's a whole different thing. I say all of that to say, back to the gracefulness that I have to have. I have to put into practice what I feel like my core is. And my core is peace. My core is Mm -hmm. unity. My core is wanting to work together with people to figure all of this out. Wanting to have, you know, meaningful discussions so that we don't have arguments so that we, or we will have arguments or disagreements, but so that there isn't this rage that will tear us apart and tear you apart. I don't, I don't want to get angry because I know what it will do to me and my MS feeds off of that. And I mean, that's, 
this is real this is really 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 generous again just really generous of you um and thinking about the way that multiple sclerosis is typically depicted and i i'm with you in the 20 year bandwagon this is actually um yeah this month will be 20 years of of my carrying a diagnosis um and I, I mean, when I was very young, I was in, I, like I did some fundraising when I was very young and everyone that I saw was white. And this is like in Boston, there are black people that live in Boston. Um, and I had, I had no diversity in my experience of disease and even thinking about like marketing by the National MS Society. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, fairly certain that they I mean they maybe they have and I'm going to use the word token but like they have like token stand-in black Mm -hmm. folks um in in marketing materials and to be really honest with you so I've been going to I've been seeing neurologists since I was 15 um and I just I recently in the last two years moved my neurologist I'm seeing a doctor in New York City and I actually saw last year uh, or the year before the first several, like handful of black people with multiple sclerosis in, in the clinic. In all of my years in Boston at big Boston hospitals, I've, I've never sat with a person of color that carries my disease. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Like the the hashtag that Don and I have been promoting, MS too white. It is. We know that MS is not a white person's disease. But if you would look, you know, go online, look at social media, you're going to think that it's a white woman's disease. Yes, you are. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I thought. When I was first diagnosed, it's what I thought. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about MS. You know, and yeah. I, we talk about this and I've said it before. I thought I had Parkinson's. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what this, what this means. Right, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I only hope that, you know, again, as Don and as we have said, things feel different. And I only hope that people don't view this as just like some little fad and hashtag worthy event. I hope that people will continue doing the work Um, just like you know we always talk about becoming anti-racist is a lifelong process acknowledging your privilege and learn it's a learning process and people are going to make mistakes you will all you can do is listen apologize and do better that's all that's all we can do Mm -hmm. so that's it Anna thank you so much for talking with us um, oh, you're so really, welcome. and like I said I know you're not doing this for recognition and for cookies or anything but we see you and we really appreciate you being a safe space for black people I appreciate you yes but yes thank you so much of course and, um, we're watching you we see you and we hope you're watching 
all of the fantastic black creators I, out there oh i am oh i am so yeah so again thank you for the work that you've done with us in the past and that you're doing with us now and um yeah we hope to talk to you yeah. again yes thank you so, you take care anna you too okay bye before i let her go i forgot to ask anna where she could be found on social media you can find anna on instagram at dietitian anna so make sure you check her out thanks for tuning in to the myelin and melanin podcast you can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com instagram facebook and twitter at myelinmelanin you can always subscribe to us on youtube and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts thanks again for listening and we will talk to you soon bye bye